My name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996. We were homeschooling our kids and we were already thinking outside the world's box, if you will. And I saw a little tiny classified ad about this new kind of idea I'd never heard of before. My first reaction was, that's the kind of thing that we would do, isn't it? And so I finally called the number, talked to them, and the more I asked them questions, the more I liked their answers. If you aren't signed up to attend the Ark Encounter Conference, you aren't going to be able to get this book. Oh, yeah, you can you know, never, first come, first serve. Never, never get it. Never get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah never get it, actually. <laughs> Um, That's not Darwin's true. Sandcastle. Yeah. Of course, we got Dr. Gordon Wilson in the studio. Uh, he's the author of Darwin's Sandcastle. He's also speaking at our Fight Lab Feast conference Sp at the Ark Encounter that in was, October. That was my ad. Was I, my I, was, ad. I was getting right into it for Should, you. should I just read Lay the out now? Hey, this year, the politics of six-day creation is the theme of the Fight Lab Feast conference, as Gabe said, in Kentucky at the Ark Encounter. And uh, we're very grateful uh, to be speaking on that particular topic. Uh, Dr. Gordon Wilson's yeah. going to be there. Uh, Dr. Ken Ham will be there. Pastor Doug Wilson, Ben Merkel, Michael Foster, Joe Rigney. Uh, of course, we have a live show on Christian nationalism. That's right. Uh, That's right. Pulling out with Stephen Wolf and Joel Webin. Yeah, yeah. Pulling out. You know what? What is what is creation? Teach us about even how how the 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 the, um, the public square is to be organized. Yeah. It's all there in Genesis one uh, to three. Uh, so plan to join us. There is still some room. October eleventh through the fourteenth, we kick everything off with beer and psalms the first night. Our amazing lineup of speakers: Rowdy Christian Merch will be there with shirts and sweatshirts and all the things, the hats and mm -hmm. I don't know whatever. What else? Like like. You can actually pre-order. Go to RowdyChristian.com and okay. pre-order your your Ark Encounter well, shirt. Ark Encounter Souvenir, shirt. You know, Fight Laugh Feast Ark Encounter shirt. Okay. Yeah. So go to FightLaughFeast.com, find out for more information, and yeah. we do have some scholarships available. If you're, you're like, I'd love to be there, just can't quite. Please reach out. Contact uh, at FightLaughFeast.com yeah. for scholarships. Dr. Gordon Wilson is a senior fellow of natural history at New St. Andrews College. Uh, he's featured in the Riot in the Dance films. He's uh, like the star. He's the star. But is that yeah, what we call he, it? Starring. <laughs> Yeah, Gordon Wilson. <laughs> uh, based on his natural history curriculum, and um, as as Gabe just mentioned, has a brand new book coming out from Roman Rhodes Press called Darwin's Sandcastle. Um, and so, Dr. Wilson, thanks for coming back on Cross Politics. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while. It's been a little while. We've had yeah. you on before. We were but, waiting uh, for you to read, write your next book. Yeah. <laughs> so, I thought you weren't as big, you know. Yeah, no, I don't know no. about that. But As so, the stars of Cross Politics. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, it seems like there are a lot of books about oh, man. why Darwin was wrong. Yeah, and there's a bazillion of them. A bazillion, right? As, as, as old as they think the universe is. Right. Um, why do we need another why book? Why need another one? That's a very good question. You know, there's so many different Christian demographics, you know. So um, there's still young earth creation books out there uh, that cover the waterfront. Uh, this was an attempt to, well, one of the reasons I did it is because a lot of the the books out there um, sort of data dump. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's really geared for the apologetics junkies. 
right. just constantly wanting new data right. to beat up evolutionists with, and they they don't. Um, so there's books like that 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 give them so much of the data. Yeah, but it's uh, I wanted something that was written in a way. I'm not claiming to be this great writer. I'm just wanted to uh, be presented in a way that sounds like I'm talking to the person. It's more personal. Right. right. Um, and I'm trying to make it accessible because a lot of the data dump ones there, they can be accessible, but accessible to someone who sort of it's kind of already in the conversation, in the conversation Yeah. here is um, sort of a, a wanting to be accessible to your, um, Joe Christian, who's sort of by default young earth, right? Uh, but they and they're fine if they're inside the bubble. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I go to church with all the people that think that's the same way that I do. But I'm sort of at a loss if I get outside the bubble right. and immediately they go inside their shell. Right. Um, Someone asks them a question and they don't know. Like, they don't uh, answer well, to. Well, this is what the Bible says, and yeah. and then they they don't want to engage. They just they just bottle up. Yep. Because they don't want to look like an idiot, um, and so this is trying to make some of the more, I think, the salient points of the intelligent design movement. I've I've okay. taken some of what I consider my favorite arguments in the intelligent design movement, and I've distilled them down into uh, certain chapters. Like uh, chapter eight is micro machines, so it's sort of a, right. a distillation of Michael Behe's yeah. work. Yeah, but it's irreducible a, yeah, complexity. Yeah, but yeah. he's not a creationist. He's not a young Earth guy. Yeah, um, I like Michael Behe. He's great. I'm glad that he wrote that book. But I'm trying to make that book um, so someone doesn't have to read the whole. Yeah, grab grab the the real key arguments. The key arguments, and I just sort of mm -hmm. put it in one chapter. Or uh, John Sanford's genetic entropy. I just kind of yeah. took right. the main thing. And stuck it in one chapter, and then some of my some some of the chapters are my own yeah. um, reflections on the fossil record or stuff okay. that I've picked up over the years yeah. on um, the geological arguments for young Earth or the paleontological arguments. So okay. I've got a chapter on the fossil record, a chapter on um, yeah. yeah. So trying to cover the waterfront in a very accessible, approachable yeah. way that gives. Your Joe Christian, some yeah. knowledge. It it may not. I'm not necessarily arming them for the battle. It's just they've they're now settled in their own mind. This is what the Bible says. Right. They already sort of know that this is what the Bible says. But I give them um, uh, a clear um, foundation for the what the Bible says. That's what it starts out as. Mm -hmm. And then um, I I give. It, it helps them build their faith so that right. it's not like, oh, I'm okay. This is what the Bible says, but I'm not sure what the science says. I'm, I'm showing them that science rightly interpreted also um, says that the earth is young. Yeah. So that, that that's helpful. Um, so um, first, uh, Gordon wrote this book to help me not be an idiot is what he's <laughs> He, he stated it. He stated it. So thank you. For, for, thank you for, for people helping me. Who are I don't not, know if I used that. You did. You used the word. We can rewind it. <laughs> um, uh, but secondly, it seems but like a- I don't feel like an idiot. Yeah, there we go. Okay, for helping me not idiot. feel like an idiot, yes, which, which is um, yeah. frequent. Um, but it seems to me like a lot of the problem is actually kind of come from 
within the church oh, yeah. on this whole. The, the, the church uh, sold the farm a long time ago, even before Darwin. Wow. What do you What do you mean before Darwin? Before Darwin, already the um, the scientific establishment was getting more and more uh, detached from special revelation on mm-hmm. the history of the world. So even though they were Christians and believed the Bible, they believed the Bible was good for uh, a moral guidebook, maybe even the gospel. They may have been believers that way, but the scientific establishment was just detaching from special revelation. The Bible's for um, uh, what? how should we behave, Right. but less and less of what it says about the history of the universe. Right. And so you had uh, old earth people way before Darwin oh. coming in and um, paving the road for uniformitarianism, which is a big word to say that um, all of the geologic features that you see that are massive, like the Grand Canyon or other places, um, they didn't happen quickly. Uh, they happened over eons of time, over uh, because we're measuring rates of today that we see today. We think, well, sedimentation doesn't happen in massive scales like the right. flood. So um, we're extrapolating back using rates today, like millimeters per year or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. and then saying, well, uniformly, this is the general history of the world is uniform rates. And how long would that take? How long would that take based on those uniform rates? And so um, back in the late 1700s, again, several decades before Darwin came on the scene, um, the church had already embraced for largely this idea of old earth. James Hutton's um, started it. And then Charles Lyell, who wrote Principles of Geology, uh, really popularized the idea of um, uniformitarianism, yeah. and it became sort of um, accepted yeah. across the board. And even um, stalwart Christians, like I think uh, even Machen, they, they were really um, accepting uh-huh. that narrative. They had other f- battles that they were fighting, yeah, and so they were faithful in a lot of ways, right? But I I don't think they realized what the old earth uh, Mm. idea was. Um, It was laying a huge foundation. It was laying the groundwork for Darwin because Darwin, when he went on his voyage of the Beagle, he wasn't an evolutionist at the time. Uh He was just a young naturalist, got on board the HMS Beagle, had principles of geology written by Charles Lyell. And he, uh, that gave him, the time frame wow. to work with. Wow. Now he wasn't going on a mission. He 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 didn't have his premeditated. I'm going to come up with a theory of evolution on this trip. Uh, it was after the trip that he started to, you know, mull and cogitate on all of his field notes. I did and, not know that. And he had he had the time frame the, to work that the church gave him. That the church gave well. <laughs> Or, or Chris, the, the scientists yeah. gave him the church accepted it. Didn't yeah. see any major threat. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Now I don't go into all that history. I yeah. would uh, recommend Terry Mortensen's book. He's uh, on staff with AIG. Okay. Um, it's oh golly, it's uh, 
um, the church's catastrophic failure or something okay. to do Terry that. Morton, but Terry Morton's book. Mor- okay. Terry Mortensen's, Mortensen's, Mortensen's excuse me. book, okay. um, The Church's Catastrophic Failure, yeah. where it basically sold the farm on Old Earth. Okay, so so where do you start then if, if um, where do you start in go, turning to the Bible to defend um, young earth creationism? Well, in the Bible, very clearly, um, these are from the start. The word yom, um, the Hebrew, I'm not a Hebraist, and I don't pretend to be. But the it's word, a Hebraicist. No, I'm, just Hebra- I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the word yom is yeah. kind of like our word, English word day. Okay. So it. Don't overstate your case and say it only means 24 hours because it doesn't. Right. It means usually 24 hours. It can mean half a day as in the daylight versus the yeah. nighttime. Right. It can be 12 hours. It can be 24 hours. And it can mean um, a generation or so. So when your grandpa says in my day, right, he doesn't mean 24 hours. Right. He means back when he was a young buck. Yep. Hey, he, you know, back in my day, I could have whooped you. Yeah. You know, um, so Young has that semantic range. Yeah. That's similar <clears throat> to the English word day. Okay. And, and when it is used in conjunction with uh, evening, morning, um, first, second, third, it's the Hebraist, uh, a Hebrew writer's way of narrowing the meaning to. Say okay. If there's any doubt here, right? And if you wanted to convey large amounts of time, you don't pick yom. You yeah. pick other he, other right. Hebrew words or many days or many years. There's a word for year. There's yeah. many years, and they can. Uh, the Hebrew language is capable of giving you big chunk, big numbers. Right. Like, um, yeah. For example, when Zara. Uh, the army from Ethiopia is coming up against, I love this story, Asa, King Asa, and he's like outgunned big time. The arm, well, at least in ESV, it says that Zara's army was 1 million. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's numbers of troops. Yeah. Okay. But if you can have numbers of troops that are in the big digits. Yes. You have numbers of years. You can have numbers of years in the big digits. Right. If you wanted to convey in a very simple, some people say, oh, the Hebrew mind couldn't have understood. Oh, come on. They understood <laughs> genealogies better than we do. Right. Uh, and you can easily convey the idea of deep time in the Hebrew language right. by say, coupling those big numbers that Zara's army was yeah. with years. Yeah. Or, um, and then say, okay, and, and, and come up with, and, transformations of creatures over long scale of time. If they can put it in kids' dinosaur books, right. <laughs> today's little third yeah. grade yeah. for third graders, right. they can convey the idea of evolution right. in long, a deep, deep, deep time right. to the the Israelite yeah. Joe on the street. Yeah. So I Joseph, found, uh, I should say, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I found your fa- your um, uh, take on Genesis chapter five and Genesis chapter eleven. Um, oh, the yeah, genealogies. The, the genealogies. That was, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So day basically the yo- the the word yom pretty much limits the creation week to a regular week. Yeah, 
Some people try to sandwich time in between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2, yeah, right. gap theory. And I would say that's reading between the lines with a vengeance. <laughs> because you're like, like you're literally. literally shoehorning millions and millions of years between verse yeah. 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, and you've just got all sorts of problems there. And it's basically a lot of people, because they feel like, the old earth is so established and so rock solid that they have to fall all over themselves for a hermeneutic that is trying to accommodate what the secular narrative says. Rather than saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, you shouldn't trust a secular scientist any farther than you can throw one. And, or his hybrid car. Okay. Um, you, you just can't get your cues from, oh, because I feel like the, the, the theologians and the clergy um, are, the, are the ones that have the finger on the pulse of what the secular scientists are saying, and they're the ones that are the first to try to, again, find a hermeneutic that, yeah. that accommodates that. Yeah. And it's like, we don't need to accommodate it. The The evidence is strong. If I realize that you get looked at weird if I say I'm a young earther and I lead with that. In a room full of scientists. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, or public I, school understand, teachers. I understand that pressure right. because I don't necessarily lead with that. I want to have a little bit of a conversation so that they know that I'm an you know, Intelligent, I'm smarter yeah. than the average bear. And <laughs> I, I, and then once, once they, because you evolved from the average bear. Yeah. Once they realize that I'm a, a, a reasoning sentient creature, yeah. then I can, um, but leading with young earth is tantamount to saying, I believe in flat earth. Right. To, to, right. to your common guy on the street, saying young earth is like saying you're a flat earth yeah, right. or you're, you're a member yep. of the alien yep. abduction survivor network. <laughs> so um, so real, real quick, um, sketch out how you handle the genealogy in, in Genesis 5. Yeah, the, the genealogy. Um, how does that inform five, us and help us? It really us? informs us because if you can't sandwich deep time, deep meaning millions and millions of years, in Genesis, the first creation week, then you go to the genealogies. Now, the genealogies are not going to give you millions of years for sure. Right. But they often will stretch, they'll, they'll try to stretch things out to at least um, the dubious historical timelines of, you know, uh, where you hear of civilizations, extra biblical civilization or yeah. biblical civilizations that claim an earlier date. Yeah. So I think people are eager to sandwich or, or shoehorn more time into the genealogies. And the problem with that is you can't, you can't because um, when you look at Genesis 5 and 11, um, you, you get the ages of each patriarch right. when he begets so-and-so. Right. Uh, so um, Adam. Or, yeah, so Adam was um, when he begets you go. Oh, you got a Bible. Yeah, good, right. Right in front job. of you. Go right, right to it. Right to it. Yeah. Um, I don't have it memorized, be, uh, but in in Genesis five, um, it says that Adam was, I believe. Oh, these onion skin pages. There's five. Oh, there's start, five. Start there right we there. go. Yeah, start right there. Um, it says that 
um, when Adam was 130 years, lived 130 years, uh, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. And so we we can easily do a, 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 a with a graph paper, you can just do horizontal lines with each square in the graph paper being 100 years. So at 1.3 uh, squares, yep. Adam has Seth. Right. And then it says um, that after he fathered Seth, um, his years were 800, and he had other sons and daughters, and then so 130 plus 800 is 900. And then it says... Uh, Adam lived 930 years, so they could do addition back then. Um, <laughs> and then after that wasn't invented uh, when yet. <laughs> Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. So you can take where Seth uh, Seth was born, yep. and then go 1.05 squares yep. and say, okay, Enosh was born here. Now some people would say, well, there's there, there's missing there's missing generations like. Um, it's not necessarily his kid. It might be his grandkid right. or his great grandkid. They left out a couple nobodies. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, these guys are nobodies. I'm right. just going to leave them skip. out. Skip. Yeah. We're going to skip a couple generations, but it doesn't really matter, and it doesn't change the time scale at all because when he fathered Seth, let's say right. Seth was True. his great grandkid. Right. Whoop de do. <laughs> Still, he was 130 years yeah. old yeah. when he fathered Seth. Yeah, right. right. You know. So those missing genealogies do not give you more time. Yeah. And so you can really um, do simple addition. It's you got <laughs> to be helpful. careful. That's simple super addition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you take all of the data in Genesis 5 and Genesis 11 and string them all together, you get the flood roughly around 1600 years a little after uh, after the creation. Yeah. The flood and that Methuselah died the year of the flood. Um, I don't know if he died in the flood or right. whether he was invited on board um, <laughs> or if he died. Just died beforehand. God, died God beforehand. let him go and then let him send go the and water. Then, okay, now now we'll flood. But um, I think there's a lot of very convoluted thinking, and uh, you almost have to have an advanced degree just to follow the, the yeah. thinking of some yeah. of these um, yeah. Whether it's framework, whether it's um, uh, day age, right. it's just you know what what when a kid reads it, right? You know, I, I realize that there's other deeper meanings to the historical meaning. So I think a, a literal when someone says a literalist um, taking this as historical narrative, I think they're um, painting themselves unnecessarily in a corner. When they say it's just history, yeah, right. Um, there's more you, going on. There's more going on. So when you say there's chiasms or some poetic elements like bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, or right. all of these things, it's it doesn't preclude the basic right. historical context. Right. Um, and so uh, I think. People get scared when someone says, "Oh, these there's chiasms and parallelisms," and we think, "Oh, they're basically trying to, yeah. um, you know, explain away it, the history." Ex explain away the history. Right. It's like no, the history's there. Right. Um, but we've got some other um, literary um, literary structure there embedded in the text that um, shows the depth 
there, but it doesn't negate the just like in um, the other histories, like with the you got the Exodus, that's right. history, right. but then you got the Song of Moses. The Song of Moses is poetry, poetry. right? And it's 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 in there. Well, and and even even like Passover is used as a symbol. Like it's it, it symbol. really happened, but it also is a symbol of the gospel. Exactly, it's, exactly. It's, it's a symbol of the new Exodus right. and and you know Jesus' blood covering our doors. I want right. to ask you about the geology because I think that is one of the places where some people say, you know, but the geological record. You, know, yeah. you hear that a lot, but Man. you know, I mean, I'd love to I'd love to believe the Bible literally historically, right. But the geological record is just too clear. Right, right. It's it's eons, eons <clears throat> old. What do you okay. say? Okay, what I say is that, and and I, I recommend seeing um, is Genesis history to give a little bit. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, that that would be good to see to see what the geology side of things are. But in short, um, when you're looking at the sedimentary rock, and you go, if you have uniformitarian assumptions, and you think, well. It's millimeters of sedimentation per yep. year, um, and I look at this Grand Canyon. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to take eons of time to right. build something like this. Right. But the thing that really, uh, really to me, shouts loudly about the youth of something like that is the fossils. Now, some people say the fossil record is the yeah. PA. What's it? How does it? How do you say it? PA de, de resistance. Oh. How, I don't know. I don't know any. I don't know any um, French. I am bonjour. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just exa- exhausted. Uh, basically, it's they say that the fossil record is what really gives, um, you know, a lot of oomph to the theory of evolution. Je ne sais pas. Je ne sais pas. No. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so we've, but when you see a fossil in the rock. That right there tells you that it was laid down very, very quickly, very rapidly, very deeply. Right. Because if uh, I use this uh, example all the time in class, if you're driving down the road and uh, country road and you see this roadkill raccoon, big one, uh, right in the middle of the road, and you do your good deed for the day because it's traffic hazard. You pull over, you grab this raccoon by the dead raccoon by the tail and toss it into a muddy creek, right, in the ditch. Is that going to become a fossil? Now, it's a muddy creek, sedimentation. Yeah. The dead carcass sinks to the bottom and covered with silt, say, in a few hours. Um, is that going to become a fossil? No way. Not even close. Because all the elements um, it, will uh, deteriorate. Well, it's not just the elements. Um, I'm an entomologist. There's, uh, I, that's why I got my math. Fish and, and there's, uh, the, there's yeah. the insects and there's a bunch of insects and other invertebrates down at the bottom that just consume it completely. Yeah. Consume all the flesh, fur, um, fungi, uh, bacteria, water molds, all sorts of things just pile on. And it's just this big buffet for all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And everything is consumed, including yeah. the bones. And even whale, whale, dead carcasses of yeah. whales falling down to the bottom, they don't become fossils. Yeah. They get eaten up in a year or so. Um, and even the bones get taken out uh, by all these invertebrates that are um, scrabbling That's for all of the really calcium. That's really fascinating. Yeah. So it's really fascinating. It really is. Basically, in order to fossilize something, you really have to shut it away from 
a lot of the decomposers and scavengers. And the way you do that is by burying it rapidly and deeply. Wow. Um, and, and when you look at the Grand yeah. Canyon and you've got, I don't know if you know what nautiloids are, but nautiloids are nope. these. Um, <laughs> you know what a squid is? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A squid. Yeah, yeah. Well, put a, a, a long conical shell. Okay. On a squid. Okay. Oh, yeah, or yeah. Or something like it. Yeah. It's a cephalopods, yeah. octopuses. It's like a seashell octopus. It's a, sea, a seashell on an octopus. Yeah. yeah. They're straight conical shells, like a big, long party hat yeah. or yeah. a dunce cap like on the a pope. squid. <laughs> it's a pope squid. Yeah. And then you've got nautiloids that are um, fossilized in. Oh, well, that's me. There Sorry. we go. Uh, you got nautiloids that are in this one band of the Grand Canyon um, in all sorts of angles. And some of these are this long. Yeah. And they're like, some of them are standing on their head. Yeah. Wow. Like this, like this, every kind of angle. Wow. And um, you, don't, you don't have a, a nautiloid like die. Like that. Like that. <laughs> and wait for thousands of years. To right. fossilize. To fossilize. Yeah. Uh, and you get buried first. Yeah, and yeah. then fossilized. Yeah, you you're talking about massive, massive amounts of sediment rapidly laid down. Right, and you say, and, and actually, geologists know this about fossils. They they realize well, you do need catastrophic events to get things buried well enough to fossilize. Yeah. So I say, well, if this layer gets rapidly laid down, and this layer gets rapidly laid down, and this layer gets right. Well, then where do you put the time? Where yeah. do you put the millions of right. years? And they say, well, between the layers. <laughs> there's a between. Say, wait, there's a between. Wait. <laughs> like there's millions yeah. of years of nothing. Yeah. Wow. If, and and wait, if this gets laid down first, and there's millions of years of nothing. Yeah. What's going to grow on this surface? This is the top surface now. Yeah. yeah. What's going to grow on it? Yeah. There's going to be all sorts of stuff growing on it. There's going to be erosion. Yeah. There's going to be, yeah. it's going to be, that surface is going to get chewed up yeah. with roots and yeah. burrowing animals yeah. and erosion. It's going to, it's called bio. You're going to see that I life happen for you. Yeah. Bioturbation. Bioturbation. Turbation. Yeah. Tur like perturbed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's Bio biologically yeah. perturbed. Like life was happening between the life next layer, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before yeah. the next layer was yep. laid on. That's right. So if you if you take this layer and you put another layer on top, that interface is going to be really wrecked before wow. the next layer goes yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, really yeah. chewed up. Yeah. But the thing is, when you look at all of the layers in the Grand Canyon – between those, where those um, yeah. unconformities are called unconformities, Federal. where there's a gap, yeah. yeah, there's no, there's really no um, widespread yeah. evidence that there was a lot of bioturbation yeah. there. It's just like boom, 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 boom. There may have been a little bit of a hiatus between the next layer mm -hmm. and the next layer and the next layer, but you've got really, really slick pancake. Boom, 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 yeah. all the way up. And it's just like, and is that's it funny. Is do, it do you need to go? Because I can. Uh, uh, no. Okay. Because uh, your alarm uh, went off, whatever. Uh, I was just uh, making sure. Uh, um, as, that was 28 minutes. We've okay. just cranked Yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, I want to keep going. Uh, uh, that's what uh, I'm saying. I know. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about um, 
so so one of the other things that is mentioned with the ge- geological record, first of all, that's really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, you can't have fossils without catastrophe, without right. catastrophic events. Is and geologists re- know that sort of, yeah, th- yeah. they acknowledge that. Right. Um, it, so that's, that's really, really helpful. That just puts a big, like, it seems like it put a big wrench in the gears of a uniformitarianism right. view. Um, and then... Is it also true, though, that basically the layers, people make a big deal about the layers of geology, uh, the different kinds of sediment laid down, all these different layers that you see like in a place like the Grand Canyon are pretty much uniform throughout the whole globe? Not, no, but the Grand Canyon layers, um, if you- There's a particular order? Is, there's a particular order, but the the layers in the Grand Canyon can be- um, traced out laterally to 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 places way far away from the like if we, we did a dig in and ohio like, or something yeah, like yeah. that yeah a lot of i'm not a geologist yeah. but there's yeah. a lot of places where it goes continental wide yeah. um that's what i mean it's like just so broadly it, there's it's broadly, is some it's just a lot of stuff is on top of it it's just in the grand canyons where there's this big gouge yeah god out. god gave us this big the, this big cross section yeah right. yeah there was right. a good bulldozing event of of uh, uh, an inland lake or an inland sea that drained and carved the grand canyon so we get this nice yeah. nice um view Layered view, but a yeah. lot of a yeah. lot of the continent has got underneath all of the farms yep. and cropland and stuff like that, and so some of these layers can be traced transcontinentally. Yeah, so that's what I mean. It's like, like you go to other continents, can, other continents, and you where, can see the same layer. Yeah, and you can correlate those layers uh-huh. uh, in other continents. That's awesome, which shows that um, that there's really strong evidence for the global. Uh, a global layering doesn't mean it's covering every last square inch because a lot of different geological events are happening everywhere. Yeah. You're not going to get this perfect pancake layering everywhere. Right. But in terms of like the uh, uh, Grand Canyon, the global labor layering timing matches other global layering somewhere uh, else. Oh, somewhere and, else. And, and, and you it, can yeah. correlate some of those yeah. layers. That's, that's crazy. That's, just, that's, am, that's amazing. And, and, it's like uh, God, you know, Andrew created Sna- everything. Andrew Snelling Who's going to be uh, at yep. uh, at the event? Um, yep. So they're going to, we're going to be showing a uh, doc, the second documentary to Is Genesis History Friday morning, and Andrew Snelling and Gordon are going to be there for that oh, Friday morning. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, oh, I haven't even and, updated yeah. you on all no, the schedule. I, I'm excited. Like I'm going to be there, so I'm really yeah. excited. I'm yeah. going to see it. Um, yeah. uh, so uh, maybe just sort of a silly question, oh, but but fine. but like, were there dinosaurs on the ark? Yes. And how did they get on the ark? Uh, the same way all the other two by two, two by two. But like I've seen pictures of like Brachiosaurus, okay, yeah, and he's really well, big. First of all, we don't know how big the door was. Yeah, but okay. you can also bring on juveniles. Yeah. Oh, the, babies, the big, babies. Yeah, not necessarily babies, but yeah, um, smaller, smaller ones, smaller ones, that, teenagers, teenagers that are. Um, you can tell it's male, female. Yeah. Um, and they're coming on the ark. And I think a lot of that was supernaturally superintended, as in bringing. I, I don't think that Noah had to go on this big safari round to get up. two, all two I of every a kind. A lot of them yeah. were brought, they came Willingly. just instinctively yeah. guided uh, and come onto the ark. Okay. And I'm sure um, the ones selected, just however they were instinctively coming, right. came on the ark. And 
when you look at the volume of the ark, there's been studies by geeky type creation scientists that right. have looked at the volume of the yeah. ark and looked at right. okay, this is um, uh, uh, this is equivalent to 280 freight cars of the modern railroad, yeah. you know, yep. yeah. and so you're talking about an enormous volume. Yeah. A freight and, car and, is a big. Yeah. Box <laughs> and there's 280 and so, freight cars. Yeah. When you when you uh, uh, again, it, it's contingent on how many kinds. Right. We sometimes think species, and I talk about that in the in the book about what level is this. A, a, uh, you can have a, a created a, kind. You can have a yeah um, a created kind like um, chipmunks or something like that. Right. Now some right. creationists sort of have. A debate on what level yeah, of kind the, or whatever. What, what is the kind? Was right. it, yeah. is it is this species it, or was it two or, pit bulls and then you get no, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. was it this wolf like yeah. creature that gave rise to all of the dogs? Right. Or was it um some level that I mean some people would say, well, foxes are part of the dog kind. Right. Um were foxes yeah. s- separate to dogs? You know, these are nice intramural debates, and we yeah. can look at the evidence for which, and, and that would be but, come under the category of microevolution, which yeah, that would everybody be micro, that everybody would be understands that there have there has been microevolution, microevolution. Right. There's been speciation, but we sort of disagree on how much right. speciation, and um, we need to iron that out. Yeah. The Bible doesn't tell us specifically right. what the kinds were, right. and so, but even if we um, pick a fairly conservative, like genus level. Genus would be one step above species, like right. chipmunks. Yeah. Okay. Even if we go with genus level, uh, with all terrestrial animals, all terrestrial animals, um, and all extinct animals, including the dinosaurs and what we know hmm. of the genus, yeah. de- different genera of yeah. dinosaurs, hmm. it, f- it can fit on a quarter of the deck space. Of the ark, a quarter. A quarter. Wow. wow! All all the genus, all of the genera of, of the genera all, is yeah, plural. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I took Latin one time. No, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. But I don't. But I still got to remember. Some people would say genuses, but yeah, yeah. genera of uh, animals can fit on a quarter of the deck space, including wow. extinct ones. And so that means you've got plenty of room for for food. also some species and and some food. Lots of food, yeah. even shuffleboard. I mean, I'm signed up for the Ark Encounter Conference right now. Well, I, I, you just, know what I I'm was saying? just going to say, like, even even <laughs> the, I mean, even before you said that, a, cor- a quarter of the deck space? A quarter of the deck That's space. insane. But I think that's one of the things that was most helpful about We We did a run-through of the Ark yeah. Encounter like last 15 year. 15 minutes. It was, oh, with we, a, like, we, like, fast-walked the whole I thing. I did the same. And, and it is gigantic it's gigantic it's gigantic and you do i mean and i but i mean i didn't i didn't know that but i know that there i saw the whole thing is like this massive museum dedicated to explaining why um, genesis is history yeah uh, why you can trust the word of god and it includes exhibits like could all the animals have fit on the ark easy you can actually squeeze all all the species but i just it would be tight (laughs) you could fit it but you know i i think that there's all sorts of reasons why, yeah. you know, I don't think it be, wouldn't be necessary. Ad, uh, Noah brought on the ark all the species, twenty species of chipmunks of yeah. North America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I mean, this like, would be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you explain like um, I know like in Texas and Montana and certain 
um, uh, areas of the country, there's like dinosaur footprints. Mm-hmm. How, how does that fossilize without not being a dinosaur there anymore? You know, it's like, was the dinosaur running in the flood and then put a print down and then the flood, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know what, um, they got the prints. The fossil yeah. might be somewhere else. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, it may have died and decomposed before, before it was fossilized. Uh-huh. But yeah, you've, you've, seems like there was some kind of deposition of sediment over those footprints because if you those, those footprints are exposed for any length of time yeah. they'd be gone you're washed yeah. away so right. you got you got to have something going over the top and protecting yeah. those footprints so um but i i don't know what happened all right, all right. The, the the theme of the conference is the politics of six-day creation right um i don't what's the title of your talk well yeah gabe asked me and my talk is going to be called essentials Okay. Of young earth creation. So, and so I assumed, good. So we, I mean, good. I, and, and we wanted this on purpose. We've got you, we've got Ken Ham um, giving us talks, I think, particularly on, on sort of the scientific side of things. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, um, as you think about our world, mm-hmm. um, our culture, our disintegrating, our disintegrating cu- culture. culture and our, our country, our nation falling apart. Um, how do you think? Yeah. Creationism, six day creationism. It, yeah, it's not impacts. just for create. It's not just for science. Yeah, how does biology, it imp- great how, geeks? Yeah, how does it impact it, politics and culture? Every yeah. in, in every way. Now, and that, this is not skinny branches at all. But all of the the awful isms. Yeah. That we see today. Yeah. That are, Marxism, socialism, all of those. Yeah. Darwinism. Isms, now, they may not. Um, realize how much of their ism is founded on darwinism but darwinism basically just says that we are uh the result of millions of years of evolution so and when as as uh what's his name the the guy who says you can't derive an is a philosopher can't derive Hume. Yeah, is, is an ought. David yeah. Hume. Yeah, yeah. You cannot derive an ought from an is. From an is. And so, if science just tells you, even if we grant them, if science just tells you what is, right, it cannot tell you what ought to be. Um, and that's sort of funny because you got very opinionated. Um, people running around saying this is the way it ought to be this is the way the climate ought to be this is the way um you yeah. we should have rights we should have human rights well anytime someone's clamoring about human rights or this is right yeah. to do and this is bad to do they have absolutely i mean this is just basic philosophy they have no basis right for saying that this is the way it ought to be so they, a, a true Darwinist, if they're consistent, should just say, whatever you want to do right. or think, it doesn't matter. It's all just um, the result of time, chance, matter, and energy. And if, 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 uh, if young earth creation floats your boat, go for it. If, yeah. if evolution floats right. my boat, go for it. But why are they just so wrapped around the axle about, tr- you know, ought? Right. Lots of ought. Social and justice. Social justice. Right. And all of these things are based on their view of what they think 
the world ought to be, right. and they cannot derive ought from an is. Right. And they need to get that. They need to have their nose graciously rubbed in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You pooped right here. Like, <laughs> Darwinism, Darwinism gives them um, the, f- the foundation to let everything go. go. Yeah. I mean, we... It's funny because everything's crumbling. That's what's but happening. Yet they're so worked up about right. you ought to right. uh, do this, but right. they're basically saying, uh, "I get to do whatever I want, right. but you can't do anything you want." It's like, well, no, you need to. Uh, if you're that loosey goosey about morality on all sorts of fronts, why aren't you loosey goosey about right. what the Christians want to do? Right. I mean, if we're just all part of the dance, the molecular dance of millions of years, then right. um, this is what this is what drives evolution. Diversity. I mean, <laughs> you know, you've got diversity of form and certain things are selected for, certain things are selected against. Well, why are you worked up about what evolution gave me? Yeah. You know, if if I've got these weird yeah. neurological yeah. views yeah. about how the world came to be, well, that's what yeah, that's, that's how what, I evolved. That, that's how I, you know, this is how I evolved. Leave Dog me alone. God. Yeah. Leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. But we do believe in truth. They right. believe in truth. Yeah. Right. Except they're not consistent. Right. Yeah. We are consistent. We are saying God made the world. God, uh, we rebelled against God. God right. judged the world in the flood. And uh, we need to get back to loving God, obeying God, and um, looking to Jesus right. uh, as uh, our la- savior, uh, our redeemer. That's glorious. Yes. Uh, last last question: Darwin's Sand Castle, the title. Why why the why the title Darwin's? I love the title, and I love yeah. the, Thank I, you. I love the artwork on the front with the wave coming in, and yeah. I like the sand castle. Has it fossilized? Did you notice the flag? I see a little. Yeah, a little. Uh, little it's a nice. fish with feet. Nice. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little the, Darwin fish. Yeah, I see. Um, <laughs> Basically, yeah, I wanted to. I think uh, Darwinism seems like an imposing fortress, and uh, for a lot of people, they see this castle as this this impenetrable, unassailable yeah. fortress. Yeah. And um, really, if we just pull back the curtain on the Wizard of Oz, yeah. I mean, uh, it's 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 a it's a sand castle. Yeah. And it, um, we just need to believe the scripture and. The science rightly interpreted. I want right. to say rightly interpreted. Yes. yes. Um, and from both angles, that's why the subtitle "Evolution's Failure in Light of Scripture," Scripture first. Yes. And the scientific evidence. That's really great. I'm I'm excited. We're gonna have copies of this at the conference. So yes. co- come to the Ark Encounter just to get your copy yeah. of Gordon Wilson's Darwin's new book, Sandcastle. Will you sign copies? Uh, you betcha. Yeah, he'll sign copies. There I you mean, go. And you can actually go to romanroadspress.com and sign up for their email list for the, the release when yeah. the book comes out publicly past our conference. Uh, yeah, but but you can get it at the conference, Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, they're bringing, they're bringing yeah. a lot of books. Hey, pr- really appreciate your work, Gordon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to replay the music because I don't know timing. I just Sorry, don't know timing. You don't know, you don't know timing. No. Nox is not here. Try now. No, no, let's do this one or this one. Yeah, that's not the one I want either. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, make sure you guys sign up to the Arden Kiner Conference, October 11th through the 14th. Check out Dr. Gordon Wilson coming to speak in our conference. Um, if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. 
at the ark. You know, it was a baptism. It was a type of baptism. You know, type. Yeah. Uh, Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast, and we'll see you in Kentucky. It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger.